A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Yeah, we were off last week because yeah. of the Riverbank run. We weren't running. No. Right? No. No. We don't Are you run. a runner? <laughs> I'm not a runner. Not a runner. I'm not no. a runner. I'll run if I have to. Yeah, if somebody's chasing me, I yeah. can be a little bit speedy. Or if it's like a part of a sport, I'll run. But I'm not just going to run. No, not just for the fun of it. No. Even running for my life from some kind of pursuer, <laughs> I've only got just so much that I can give. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to collapse. And what I'm banking on is just the pity. You know, they'll see me collapsed on the ground. Wincing. It's no longer the most dangerous game. This is too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. <laughs> Let's get somebody else. And yeah, honestly, that concept plays out in so many different things. You have uh, the vehicle that I used to drive, the work mm-hmm. vehicle, a Ford Harv. Transit Connect, Harv. Yeah. And as much as I loved Harv, there were a lot of things I loved about him. One of my favorite things was that no self-respecting police officer is going to want to pull over a Harv. You know, they want to be sitting on the side of the road with a cool car in front of them, you know, with their lights going. That plays in. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they do pull over, like, flashier cars. Yes. That's true. So I was always under the radar, so to speak. Yeah. It is very under the radar. Yeah. Because it's not even like one of those white right. little transits. No, it's, it's beige. It's, it's beige. It's yeah, definitely something an 85-year-old man nerdy. would be driving. Yeah. Exactly. No, you know, it, like you said, the dangerous game thing. It just yeah. doesn't feel cool. No. It so I always banked on that. Yeah, it plays out in a lot of things. Now I drive a truck, which is cooler. So now I'm back to just trying to look as uncool as possible. Yeah, and you did get pulled over in that. <laughs> I've never been pulled over in my truck. Oh. No. I thought that you had. No, I've been pulled over on other things. Uh, okay. Oh, it's such a bad experience that they always feel sorry for me because I completely, I'm just a puddle. Meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get all shaky. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right? You didn't even do anything wrong. I know. You just assume that you're guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. That's not what we're going to talk about. No. We're off on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, but what I want to get to is all kinds of stuff that we've got lined up today. We're going to be talking about a home project that you tackled that you didn't really intend to. It kind of grew out of a bad experience. Yeah, it was seriously like the butterfly effect. It was like one thing led to the other, that led to this thing, and then it became an entirely new room. <laughs> right, and it's really interesting, and it's I'm a little nervous about how the conversation's going to go because it's so complicated. There's so many different parts of this that we yeah. can draw info from. Right. So we're just going to talk about that and see once where it goes, but... Pretty much anybody, everybody out there is going to get something out of oh, that definitely. conversation. So many things. We're also going to nag you about a, a project that maybe is worth tackling in your home this Saturday. Cleaning the refrigerator coils, the condenser coils the condenser on your refrigerator. Coils, yeah, that we've probably never done before. Right. The and websites yet. all around tell you that it's absolutely critical. Right. You've got to do this at least once a year. I've never done it. Nothing bad has happened yet. But we're still going to talk about it because it's definitely worth thinking about. But right now, let's talk about, well, it's leaf time, right? Leaves are falling. Yeah. It's fall. And for anybody who struggles with lots of leaves, we always do a segment where we try to talk about the best ways or, you know, what can we possibly dig into? Well, raking leaves or removing leaves is not some, there's no new technology, really, that we can go into. Not at this point. 
right? No. You're thinking yeah. about it, but there's I'm nothing, to think. right? So we're not blazing new territory here. But I do want to talk about a couple things. You know, there's there's two ways that I really like to remove leaves. Some people love to blow them. I have never liked blowing the leaves. Mm. So we're not going to talk about that one. I'm choosing to not talk about that. I like that. a combo. Yeah. You can rake them and haul them away on a tarp yeah. or do whatever you've got. Yep. Or you can mulch them. Sure. I love mulching them. It's, it's a lot of mowing, but it's good exercise. You're walking along the yard two, three times a week, keeping up on top of it. That's important with mulching. Make sure you stay on yeah, top of it. Yeah, you can't have too many when no, you're doing if you that, let it right? Go, yeah, like when I get rain, that's where the mulching becomes frustrating because now too many days go in between and right. the leaves are too deep. So you got to stay up on it. But that's mulching. Everybody knows what that is. We don't need to go on and on about that. Let's talk about raking the leaves. And I guess what we want to get to is not new technology, but it's it's a, it's a different tarp. It's like adapting technology. It's adapting to something. Right. So typically we would get just a typical tarp, throw that on the ground, rake leaves onto it. Yep. When I do that, I don't know about you, but I'm assuming you have the same problem. The edges of the tarp is you're trying to rake yeah, the leaves onto it. Yeah, they flip over, mm-hmm. and now you've got leaves going under it, so you've got to pull it back. It's like the dustpan, and you have the pile of dust, and you got to keep moving it back. It's just so you an can... enormous dustpan at right. that point, right? <laughs> so I had a tarp when I moved in that actually had a pocket sewn into it, and I have been unable to find... Because that tarp broke over time, okay. and it was a cheaper material, and I had to throw it away. And I've not been able to find a new one that has that same pocket. Mm-hmm. I used that pocket, or sleeve, I guess I would call yeah. it, to tuck like a lead pipe. You know, I just had this extra lead pipe. Who right? just has an extra <laughs> lead pipe? <laughs> I don't know, it was in the barn. But I put that in there, and that held it down. Yeah. It was like this perfect weighted smart. edge. I could rake onto it. I could blow onto it. No problem. Well, I found something that's even better than that old tarp. It's a dump truck tarp. All right? So I went online, found a dump truck tarp, and I bought that, snagged it up. I got a 7 by 12 foot one. Mm -hmm. It was a little expensive. It's like 75 bucks. Yeah. But it's super heavy duty. It's got these sleeves on it, so I can tuck the little pipe or, you know, like a wood dowel or anything Anything, to hold that down a little bit. And then I can and rake onto it. I sent that tarp home with you so you could test it. Yes, because I thoughts? have leaves. I really like it. I was doing, well, I had to use all the tarps available because there are so many leaves already. So I used two of the normal blue, you know, flimsy tarps. And then I used this one. I like it so much better. And I didn't even put anything in the sleeve to hold it down. It, it's a heavier material heavier, right off the bat. Right. It's like a... Black almost, mesh. Right. It almost, it's not quite, but it almost looks like a trampoline. Yes, exactly. Type tarp. Yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's bigger gaps in it. It's more of a mesh than that is, but it's that same type of yeah, material. Like vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so, really like it. Worked really well for that. Very easy. The one thing that you did notice is that it's a little heavier. It's definitely heavier, but also it was a bigger tarp. So it could be a combination between the leaves and the tarp. But I will say, I really appreciated the fact that the edges weren't flipping up constantly. It's quieter overall because it's not making that crunchy tarp sound, which kind of drives me nuts after a little while. And it slid over the yard when it rained after I was done raking because it rained immediately afterwards. Uh, The water drained through because it's a mesh. So... A lot of really good benefits there. Overall, it's definitely worth thinking about. We'll put a link in the show notes to the tarp that I'm talking about. And yeah, if you do haul a lot of leaves, look into that. If you have a great system, 
that we should be talking about and sharing with other people. Yeah. By all means, email us at radio at repcolite.com. Let us know how you get rid of your leaves. If it's really smart, we'll share it on the radio next week. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be nagging about a refrigerator project. It's easy. It's quick. It's going to be fun. It'll be kind of fun. Ish. It's fun-ish. That's all next. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back. And now, Haley, we're going to nag people about unnecessary projects that you need, <laughs> absolutely need to tackle, or things will go horribly wrong. Will go horribly wrong in your home, right? Yeah. We've well, all... that's because we read that all the time. Like all these little things that we're supposed to do on like a monthly basis in our homes to keep them running, and it stresses me out. Right, it makes me feel like a failed homeowner right off the bat. <laughs> right. You found that out too. I mean, you yeah. feel that way too. I yeah. read some of these articles. And yeah, I read about all the times I should be doing all these different things. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh my goodness, I don't think I've done that in 15 years. Right. How is my house still standing? Yeah. Well, it makes me question how, how really critical right. <laughs> some of these things are. But anyway, what we're going to talk about right now is cleaning the condenser coils of the refrigerator. And while I don't believe that this is something that's going to result in, or failure to do this is going to result in... What? Wholesale well, th- failure. when of your... have you ever done it? Right. I've never done it. I've exactly. never cleaned a refrigerator And everything coils. is fine. Everything has been mostly fine. But I do think that this is something to check or do if you are having an issue with your refrigerator. If it's not cooling down as much as it used to, then maybe this could be what's going on. Right. And it, it could be that. And it's also something that's it does make some logical sense yes. to potentially extend the life of your refrigerator, reduce energy costs. I just want to clearly state up front, I don't think it's going to reduce a lot of energy costs. I don't think you're going to make great big savings. You're not going to make Christmas happen (laughs) because you got this clean. But it is going to help, and it is something that possibly could extend the life of a refrigerator. They're expensive. You don't want to be replacing them often. They don't require a lot of maintenance as it is. So it's really... It's the only thing it's asking for you to do, besides normal cleaning. So maybe it's, it's all worth it's doing. asking for. Here's what's going on. The condenser coils, what they do, and what, what you're recommended is that you're cleaning these once a year, mm-hmm. at the very least. Yeah, twice a year if you have pets. Right, and they've got sometimes more three times a year. I read a couple of websites that recommended three times a year cleaning of these coils. Seems, seems crazy. Really crazy. But anyway, what the coils do is they're used to cool and condense your refrigerant, and that keeps the air in the refrigerator cool, but it also makes them damp and a perfect magnet for dust, the hair, all that stuff. And when that stuff accumulates on top, yeah, now it you've got an insulator. Acts like an insulator. And then they can't cool down as quickly. They can't release the heat off of them. So yeah, now they're inefficient. That's where you get the increased energy use. You force the appliance to work harder to cool, and that could possibly shorten its lifespan. So it's at least worth thinking about. And yeah. I should say, even if you are really focused on cleaning your home, even if you are meticulous, and require the children to clean everything that they ever touch. And you're perfect at it. Yeah. I think you're, you're still uh... going to probably have to do this because you're going to be blown <laughs> away at the filth that has accumulated. Tipping your hat a little there because you didn't think it'd be I that know. bad at I... your house because you're so clean. It'll be fine. There's right. no dust. Right. 
Yep. I'm not dusty. I'm not. I'm pretty clean. I was pretty <laughs> excited because I'd seen pictures online of some of these refrigerators and yeah. the filth. That had, oh, yes. Who are of, these people? Right. And I pulled mine out expecting to see, you know, like a little ting of clean, you know, a little sparkle. Oh, I was wow. almost going to hear wow. the sparkle, right? No, it looked just like the pictures. What is going on? So anyway, it really is definitely worth thinking about or at least taking a look at. And the good news is it's super easy. Yeah, I mean, you really just need a vacuum, a flashlight, a screwdriver to take off the panel, if there is a panel. Right. Uh, a coil brush. That is the one thing you probably have to snag, you know, run out and buy. Yeah. It's a long cylindrical brush. It's bendable. It's designed to fit around the coils. And the best news, it's inexpensive. You know, eight, nine bucks. Something yeah. like that. It's it's going to be handy to have. I used an old paintbrush that I had oh. that I've used for different cleaning. I don't use it for painting anymore. It's retired from that. It's retired. But it does get used for cleaning from time to time. That worked okay. I would have been better if I had one of those coil brushes. So I'd recommend that. You mentioned the flashlight. Maybe a good spray cleaner. You're not going to use the spray cleaner on the coils. You're going to use that on the refrigerator, the sides of it, when you've got it out from its spot. Yeah, because it's all going to be dusty. Right. It is, even if you're meticulous. Mm -hmm. I was so disappointed, so ashamed, (laughs) but I got over it. And possibly, one last thing you might want is a dust mask. Oh, yeah. You're inclined. I've got allergies, and yeah, anytime I'm pulling dusty things out, I... I react. Oh, yeah. And this is really crazy dusty. So just be aware of that. All right. So you've got your tools. Pretty basic tools. Now you need to locate the coils. Many models, the newer ones especially, keep the condenser coils underneath the unit. You can access that by removing that kick plate at the bottom front of the fridge. Now just unclip it and remove it. Be a little bit careful with that because my kids in previous years... Pulled that off a long time ago. I don't think they were going to clean the coils. I think they were just messing around. Yeah. But they pulled it off and they broke the little connector points. So it doesn't like stay No, so you kind of lean it against the fridge now. It's a little frustrating. So I don't want to be responsible for you breaking your kick plate. So just carefully remove it. And then you should be able to see the coils if you have to get down there with a little flashlight. And just buckle up. Because what you're going to find... It's going to blow you away. There's all kinds of stuff down <laughs> what there. What are you going to find? Well, and then some people will have those condenser coils on the back of the fridge. Older refrigerators, yeah, most often. exposed, or they've got like a separate little plate at the bottom, and it'll be behind that plate. So you have to still unscrew something, but those are pretty easy to locate. Right. If you can't find the coils on your refrigerator, don't despair. But I can't help you. All I can say is you're going to have to go find the owner's manual, go online for your model. Ask someone else. And figure it out. Right. Now, one thing I want to point out is that refrigerators tend to be top heavy. So as you're pulling this out of its Mm -hmm. normal place of residence, even that couple of feet, it will tend to want to tip. Tip towards you. Towards you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's top heavy. I don't know how else to explain that. I was going to say... A lot more that was unnecessary. Let's get into the science of what top heavy means. <laughs> right, right. Let's not. It'll just flip forward. Be yeah. careful. All right. So before you start, if you you know, and you might have to get the refrigerator out before you get to this point, mm-hmm. but you want to turn it off. Either unplug right. it or flip the breaker. Whatever you got to do, that would be the ideal, safest way to proceed. And don't worry so much about the food. No, this is really quick. You're it's just vacuuming some dust, really? Super quick. Yeah. So once you've got it off, once you've got it out, even if the coils are on the front, you know, technically you wouldn't have to pull that refrigerator out. But we're recommending it because we want you to do the whole job here. And that means cleaning behind it, too. Yeah, because there's going to be stuff back there. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. Cat toys. Oh, the stuff hair, I found. Yeah. 
Anyway, Food. once you got it out, you just need to start with the vacuuming. And that's pretty simple. You're using the vacuum with the crevice tool. You're just basically trying to get the largest of the debris out. You're going to come back with the brush later. Now you're just getting the bulk of the debris out. And you'll be amazed. At the bulk. At the bulk. The <laughs> yeah. The dog hair that I found, Maggie oh, yeah. is apparently a shedding dog, like way worse than I thought. Huh. So and it just yeah, all goes to all the fridge. All goes there. Huh. So yeah, I pulled out a small, Lovely. like a lasso kind of a size dog out of there. A what? Lasso Isn't that that little dog? I have no idea what that it's is. It's a little dog that looks like an Ewok from Star Wars. Okay. Only they run around on four legs, not two. <laughs> Right? It'd be awesome if you could train him to run around on two legs. That'd be a little scary, honestly. It would be. It yeah. would be. I and think it'd be disturbing. The bottom line is I pulled a lot of hair out. That's where I was trying to go okay. there. Yeah. So the vacuum gets the bulk of that out. Be careful around the coils. You don't want to damage them with that crevice tool or the vacuum. But then you transition to the brush. Yeah. Get out the coil brush and then keep a vacuum around still because as you're getting out the smaller debris oh, yeah. from in the coils, it's going to get really dusty. It did. When I did that, that was where I was going with my little paintbrush mm-hmm. and I did didn't have the vacuum with me at that point. Jeez. Yes. Oh my goodness. The dust that I generated in that short amount of time, it was everywhere. So yeah, flip the vacuum on yeah. and then it was really fun because I'd watch it all get sucked away. Perfect. So keep that going. Once you've got all of that done, now you just really need to do a final vacuuming and cleanup. And if yours is like mine, and I'm going to be really disappointed if it's not, <laughs> you're going to find so many fun things. I found all kinds of, of course, bottle caps. Oh, sure. Yeah. That makes photos. Sense. Oh, Pictures wow. that maybe had hung From on like the fridge. On top of the fridge, stuff. things get knocked yes, down. Yes. I yeah. found money. Oh. Not a lot of money. But still. But that combined with the energy savings that I'm going to have now, I think I've got 75 cents (laughs) in the positive. So you'll find all kinds of stuff. Clean that out. You've got the fridge out. It's the perfect time. And then you get that spray bottle. Clean off the sides of the refrigerator. I vacuumed off all the sides of the walls where it sits because that was coated with dust. Oh, yeah, totally. It's like in the shape of the coil sometimes if you have the old fridge. (laughs) So just use the opportunity to get everything clean and then put the the, the plate back on the front, put the plate on the back if you had to remove that. And then before you slide it in, make sure you plug it in. Oh, yeah. That'd be a bummer. Guess who did (laughs) that? Yeah. Okay. I did all that. I thought, look at that. That was only about 10, 15 minutes. Now it's worse. Why is it getting warmer? (laughs) Yeah, I had to pull it back out, (laughs) plug it back in. I forgot. Don't forget about that part. Anyway, a quick project, yeah. super fast. I bet you'll be done in 15 minutes at and the most. And you can feel like a super thorough homeowner after this. Yes. Like you're taking care of the refrigerator even. Right. And you won't have to do it again for another three months probably. <laughs> right? Yeah. Just think of all the energy savings and all the money that you'll have accumulated at this point. Anyway, something to think about. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about a big project that Haley tackled almost entirely on accident. Yeah, it was the butterfly effect. Yes. We'll get to that in just a second. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, a couple weeks or so ago, you came in and described your weekend, and it sounded really bad. Because <laughs> uh, a little thing happened in your house, mm-hmm. and it caused a little bit bigger thing to happen, and then you got involved and made even bigger things happen, and in a very short amount of time, you had 
basically chaos going on because and a one, brand new bathroom and the end result was a bath a brand new bathroom so the the end result was great yeah but the entire process was hilarious how you escalated a situation that didn't even need to be escalated that's my favorite part of this yeah is looking back <laughs> on it you told me all of the things that happened well we'll get to that but i had a little a little tip for you that you could have tried right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And my mom had a tip for me. And all of there those. There were a lot of logical things I could have done, but instead I just went, you know, full bore. You went crazy. Yeah. To try to solve a problem. Anyway, so we're going to talk about this because there are so many different avenues that we can explore. It's a very strange segment. I'm going to acknowledge that right up front. Yeah, it kind of weaves into a lot of different So many things. We're going to be talking about flooring, flooring issues to consider. We're going to be talking about paint colors, of course, and struggling through paint colors. Lighting, how lighting can affect a space. We're going to be talking about baking soda. Pets. Pets. Asbestos. There's all (laughs) kinds of stuff that played into this. But why don't you just give them a quick overview of the basics of what happened. And it all starts with Burger, your cat. He's the star. He's the star. He pushed that first domino over. He really wanted us to have a new bathroom, I think, is what it came down to. So what happened? We had put his litter box when we moved into this new house in the basement. I was really excited for it to be in the basement. It had previously been in our bathroom uh, next to the toilet. That was the only spot for it. And I hated it because I was always getting litter on my feet when I was in the bathroom, even with one of those mats that's supposed to stop it from traveling too far. They don't work. Yeah, I can't imagine (laughs) having the litter box in the bathroom. That doesn't seem like a fun place to have it. So you finally, you've got the opportunity to put it in the basement and you eagerly do so. But Mm -hmm. your mom says, hey. Hey, there's a concern here with yeah, this door. Yeah, maybe still have one in the bathroom just in case he gets locked out of the basement or, you know, put something in the door so that it can't shut on him. Or even a doggy door, I think right. she said she suggested. Yeah. And I was just going to get to it later. Yeah. Like, it's not such a big deal right now. The door is not getting shut. It's just staying open. He can get to it. First lesson, procrastination. What good is yeah. procrastination? <laughs> Let's see a problem and let's address it right away, right? You didn't later. put anything in the door <laughs> and the inevitable happens. Moms are always right. Yeah, they're the, always right. The door gets shut. Nobody's home. And Burger has to go. He's got to go. What does he do? He did something smart. Yeah, he went to the bathroom and went next to the toilet where his litter box had been previously. It's nice that he didn't go in your shoes or other right, things like that or to like let you carpet, know. Right. Or like the hardwood floors. Like he picked a, an appropriate place. It can potentially be easily cleaned up. But... Was he embarrassed when you got home and found it? Did um... he feel ashamed of himself and what he made on the floor? No, I don't was think he proud that of himself he was what? proud, oh. but there wasn't a lot of cat expression okay. from the incident. Because okay. <laughs> dogs can really tip you off. You walk in and Maggie is drooping around the house. It's like, uh-oh. Yeah. She knows she did something not so great. So yeah. Burger didn't really. No, he did not tip us off. All right. So you find it. Now you got an issue with mm-hmm. it was just the urine, right? Well, yeah. Cappy is like potent stuff. So I shouldn't say just the urine. No, it's not just. Cat urine is. <laughs> The big time. So you mop it up, but you noticed you said when you ran the shower. Yeah, the it still smelled and, in there. And okay. it was just, it was bad. Like really strong ammonia smell. And we're going to have a housewarming in a couple weeks. I was freaking out. I don't want people to think I have a pee house. No, it's and just honest, gross. <laughs> honestly, I, I came to that party. And if I had noticed that, I would have brought it up on air. And you didn't notice anything? 
I didn't have to use the bathroom. Okay, well. I should have. <laughs> I should have faked it <laughs> so I could test it. No, but you're, you you were right to be concerned is what, yes. I, what I'm getting at there. And so I did something that maybe is too far, like you said. Yeah, it was too far. There's no maybe <laughs> about it. Haley's got cat stink in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So Haley decides to cut a chunk out of the floor, right? We're going, going yeah. all in on this. Because I thought, well, it's just got to air out. You know, there's no way for this to get out with this vinyl floor down. It's just going to trap it there. Sheet good vinyl, right? Mm -hmm. It's not little squares or anything like that. And it was old. And I thought, we're going to replace this eventually. Anyways, might as well just... Replace it right now. Get it up. So you cut this corner out so you can air it out. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that the back is a little bit fibery, like kind of like a shredded cardboard-ish material. Yes. The next level of the fun... That's asbestos. Yeah. So then I'm Googling, you know, can vinyl have asbestos? I had never thought of that before. You know, I'm used to looking for like the tiles or like wallpaper I've heard can have asbestos in it that's old, but I had never thought about vinyl. It just looks like plastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure enough, there it is. And now I've got a way bigger problem. Right. Because you can't safely pull that up. We're going to get into all of that. We're just getting that overview now, but that became the next problem. So Mm -hmm. now what do I got to do? Now I've got to put flooring over top of it and not tear it up and go to the penny tile that I wanted originally. You know, it's an old house. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take it back to like the origins and I thought it would be so pretty. It's so expensive. Right. (laughs) So you ended up finding like a peel and stick vinyl tile to go over top. Yep, exactly. Then paint colors, that came into play. And that was a monumental struggle, even for somebody who works with paint. Right. And color. Like I was a color consultant. (laughs) And you struggled. I struggled. In the end, though. You got to where you wanted to be, right? Yes. But it everything was... is done. It looks beautiful. It's like a brand new bathroom. But like every step of the way, it was like, oh, okay. I've all... got to back up a little bit here. All these things that you learned along the way. So that's the gist of what happened. That's mm-hmm. the quick overview. Now let's go back and kind of dig into all the different things that we learned or that you learned. Yes. I learned too along the way. Some of them I knew. <laughs> and that's my favorite one to start with is, is the cat urine smell. Yeah. So you're talking about... All, you know, the stink that you've got going on. And I instantly remembered, first off, I remembered a segment that Betsy and I did years back on baking soda. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered more recently, my daughter Hannah had that lunchbox that yeah. was full of and meat we talked about... from all summer, how baking soda yeah. fixed that. And I said, why don't you put baking soda down on it? And I was like, and, oh, yeah. And you tried it? And what was the result? Soda. It worked. It worked really well. But yeah. now you've already cut the vinyl up, so you were already... Past that point. Yes. Past the point of no return. But if you do have some major stink going on in the home, baking soda is definitely something to consider. It's a sodium bicarbonate. It's actually a salt. It's a neutral compound. <laughs> but while it's neutral, it's slightly basic, which means it's the opposite of acidic. Right. Now, so many stinks and odors are acidic. Especially cappy. Right. Baking soda is basic, so it reacts with the acid in the air and it neutralizes it. So it's going to kill the stink. It's not going to mask the stink like no. matches would do. Right. It will kill the stink. So if you do it have a stink, it. consider baking soda before you go full bore and, and rip the flooring up. up. So that was the first thing. Now let's get to the asbestos tile because that was the next layer of yuck that you encountered. Yeah. Um, just didn't even consider it. I probably should have done a little bit of research on older floorings right. and realized very quickly because all it took was me, you know, Googling vinyl flooring asbestos. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. So from. 
you know, before the 1970s, that was largely in these sheet goods or the tiles, wallpaper even. Right. So many different materials. It's not great to disturb. It's fine if you just leave it alone and cover it up. You can encapsulate it. But that was way far past that point now. Right. It started to be regulated in the 70s, and by the mid-80s, it's mostly on its way out. Mm -hmm. But your flooring goes back further than that. Oh, yeah. So we may have a lot of people listening right now wondering about some old vinyl flooring that they've got. Does this have asbestos? What do I look for? There's not a lot of visual cues for this. The only reason that I knew is because it's a sheet vinyl that they used, and it has kind of a like a fibery back to it. And so that one's kind of obvious, but a lot of them, like the tiles especially, they're not going to look a certain way. It's really just kind of placing it in time right. That's and the, assuming. The smartest thing to do is to just, yeah, set it in time. If it predates 1986, mm-hmm. treat it like it could have asbestos right. in it. If it's before the 60s, like your situation, right. just assume it does. Yes. So you find that. What do you do? Well, you can abate it. You can remove it. But there's a lot of safety protocols involved with that. Yeah. We're I not going to get go a professional into, at that point. Yeah. We're not going to go into that right now here. Um, so you could remove it. That is possible. Certainly can be done. You got to be careful. You can encapsulate it, cover it over, which is what you chose to do. Yep. Or you could leave it alone, which right. is something which you might have wanted to do, except you'd already done. cut it apart at that point. <laughs> So just with vinyl flooring, if you weren't already aware, like Haley, you Mm -hmm. weren't. I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware. Just be aware. That can contain asbestos, and there are some concerns should you decide to remove that down the road. All right. I think we better take a break right now, and then we're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to talk about the entire range of other issues that happened as you started choosing your flooring. Yes. And then paint color. All the way to paint colors. And even the lighting. lighting. We'll get into all of that next and all the things you should consider if you're undertaking a major project like this in your home. And we'll do all of that in just a minute. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. All right, Haley, we're back and we are working through this crazy bathroom project that you tackled. And we just wrapped up that last segment talking about how you discovered asbestos in your vinyl flooring. Mm-hmm. You found out that it was asbestos laden material and you had to go over top of it with a peel and stick vinyl tile. Right. And that was. I believe, from every conversation you and I have ever had, that was your absolute first premier choice for a flooring option, right? Yeah, it was the last choice. Um. (laughs) (laughs) You have been, I mean, in the little bit that we've talked, especially in looking at houses, I would say a flooring snob. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I really like hardwood floors. I don't like vinyl flooring that looks like wood. I understand that it's appropriate in certain situations and that budgets are constraining. I think you understand that now. I don't know that you understood understood that before. But I still didn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) I would try to say, well, but it can look good. No. No. So I was stunned when you came to work and said that you got a peel and stick floor that looks like uh, the penny penny tile. tile. Not yeah. the highest end. It was definitely the, the bottom no. of your choices, right? And even this particular peel and stick tile that I got was probably on the lower end of options available for peel and stick. Right. Um, but and it was the only one that had the pattern I liked. And yet, what is the end result? I really like the way it turned out. Okay. And what I wanted to talk about with that very briefly, because I want to get to paint colors, that mm-hmm. was big. 
But with that, so often we get hung up on a home project or whatever, looking for the best. You know, yeah. I want the. We have this my, idea in our head, and it's got to be that. I'm going to realize that vision, and if I don't, I'm going to just wait on the project until. Mm-hmm. And there is value to that. There is certain value to that. Yes. But every now and then, moving ahead when it is a second choice, knowing in your instance you're going to redo this. Yeah, eventually it'll be redone. But right now. It's a lot better than what was there. Right. And we talked about that when uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about painting vinyl flooring. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people pull their nose up at the idea. Yep. And yet it will get you by. Painting your backsplash will get you by. It's not the permanent end-all no, ideal. This is not a forever choice. But sometimes making these concessions yeah. gets us further ahead. You're further ahead than you thought you would have been. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and I couldn't have made all the other decisions that we'll talk about had I not put the flooring down first. Right. So you got where you wanted to go. By actually making this concession and yes. getting moving. Just wanted to highlight that because I think it's important. Now let's get to the color thing because uh, it's so interesting. You work with color, mm-hmm. work with paint, and you had an idea in mind. You wanted white on the walls, right? The well, word white there was white. was on the walls. And I decided I really liked the way that it looked. I didn't want to change it. Like that was... One room that I could just cross off the list. This is done. All right. So you've got white on the walls because we got to set it up for everybody listening who's mm-hmm. playing along at home. The flooring that you picked was the penny tile black and white. Yes. Right? So you saw those two things. You've already got the white on the walls. You're good to go. Yeah. White is white. I can't believe that you made that mistake. I was rushing. We have talked about that, how white isn't white. I know. What did you find? I tell everyone when they come into a store and say the word, I just want white paint. It's not just white paint. (laughs) (laughs) There are a hundred different whites. So you're a color snob too. Yeah, I'm a snob. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you made the mistake because you were rushing. Yes, I was just wanting to get it done. I had this deadline in mind. I've got to get this done before we have people over. I want it to look good. And... I'm just going to keep going. We're just so, moving forward. White is white. You see the two together. What what happened? What went through your mind when you saw how dramatically yeah. different these whites were? As soon as I had were? like five rows of the tile down, it became very obvious that these whites were extremely different. You know, the one. And I had sort of this idea in my head. I just didn't think it was going to be such a big deal mm-hmm. um, that the printed white was pretty blue, actually. It's like a blue gray. And that in our minds, makes it look like a bright white when we see it. Um, but especially it's really, against the black. Yeah, especially against the black. But really, in reality, if we saw that next to like a piece of paper, it would look really blue Well, you've got color chips or a color sample or whatever, and it literally is a bluish gray. Yeah, if you the saw closest that, match to apart it. Apart from the situation, you, you wouldn't even remotely consider that no, white. No, exactly. So one thing we can take from that is never make these decisions... Without really comparing everything, looking at yes. all the pieces, white isn't white, beige isn't beige. There is no gray, right? You know, just the exactly. standard gray. Just give me that. All of these things have a lot of nuance to them, mm-hmm. and they go in certain directions based on undertones. And you'll be blown away how big that variance can be from what you thought it was. Yeah, and if you're not making this, these decisions together, it can really, you can get way too far in a project and have to really backtrack because you've got to fix it now. Now, the other thing that you mentioned, first off, you were rushing. Yes. And I think we do that a lot of times on all kinds of home projects. Mm-hmm. I do that, that is probably my 
I, I've got a lot of failings. It's hard to label them <laughs> and really, you know, you know, give values to each one. Uh-huh. But this is one of the biggest ones is that I rush. I just decide I want something done and I rush through it. I make mistakes. I cut corners. All of these things. And then in the end, I've spent the money. I've spent the time. But I'm not as happy with the results right. as if I just slowed down. Yeah. You needed to just slow down a little right. bit. And make some of these decisions. Now, another thing that you noticed was that you were making still all of these color choices with the wrong lighting. Yeah. We had said from the very Haley. like first day we moved in that the bathroom light bulbs were terrible, that they're too blue. It's like our least favorite light were lighting. So when you started working here, <laughs> one of the first topics you pitched on the radio was yeah. dealing with lighting. And you said because so many people make wrong color choices looking at wrong lighting situations in their home. They don't have the right temperature bulb or yeah. whatever. And it casts a bluish light or mm-hmm. all of that. You talked about specifically to me. I think we even yeah. recorded an, a segment on this where you talked about Choose, you've got to find the right bathroom light color. Yes. Right? Because you yeah, can look all washed it can out. Really wash you out, like the blue light that's in the bathroom right now. You talked about all of that. And when it came to your own home, mm-hmm. you're still picking colors with the wrong light. How did yeah. that happen? I was rushing. Uh, we're right back to that. <laughs> so, everybody out there, we have all done it. Everybody makes that mistake. But what do you need to do with that? How do you fix that issue? I mean, first off, you don't rush. You've got to uh, slow yeah, down. Yeah, you've got to slow down. Talk about the lighting, though. What's the correct solution here? So what I would, what I need to do now is go and get some light bulbs that are the correct temperature because what's in there right now is probably somewhere on like the 6,000 Kelvin range, and that's a really cool light, very blue cast that it has. And it doesn't look good on my skin tone. I'm pale already. I don't need that. (laughs) (laughs) What I need is something that's in like the 3000 Kelvin scale level or even 4000. That's going to be a little bit warmer than natural light. And that's my sweet spot. I think that's where most of us like to be. We have the idea that like LEDs are terrible because they're they're all that blue light. Mm -hmm. That's not true. LEDs can be any color. But that's what I need to do is find a 3000 or 4000 Kelvin. Now, another thing that you mentioned off air, we were just talking about this project and you mentioned that the light fixture is something to consider, you know, if you're thinking about changing it, because a different light fixture can have an effect on the lighting of the room. Right. I mean, I see, you know, shades that have like a gold foil in them or whatever it is, a faux look. But the shade of the light, even if it's just a frosted glass, is going to have some effect on the temperature of light eventually. And in my example, I want like an old porcelain looking light fixture. And so that is dramatically going to change the color. So really, I shouldn't be making any of these color choices before I have the lighting figured out. Right. You've got to get the flooring figured out. You've got to get the lighting figured out. Even some of the accessories, things yeah, like the shower the curtain. The shower curtain, the, the rug on the floor. The paint, as you've mentioned in the past, you mentioned in this segment, we've talked about it all the time. There are so many variations. There are hundreds of off-whites that you can yes. choose from. And then there are millions of variations on those that we can custom make. That is super fluid. All the other stuff, you're pretty locked in. So get those things first. And then you can get to where you want to go. In the end, 
you got a great bathroom out of this, oh, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. I've gotten all the things now, and it all looks really good together. But I had to just really take my time and do the full picture and not just try to piecemeal it one by one. Right. Anyway, that's all the time we've got. We're going to have to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.